All right. Here we are. The 181 is back. Reborn. Reborn, Mr. Gary. Back for another season of popular culture, history, literature. We, we, we cover it all, Mr. Gary. Sports. I mean, that is why it is the 181. We, we do the 180 of everything you'd want to hear. Yeah. And then we come back around one more, one more little turn. One more degree. <laughs> give you a little bit more. But uh, we thought in these trying times, uh, people were crying out for the return of the 181. Well, they need our hot takes on a variety of subjects. And luckily for them, we have them. We've been just storing them up these past yeah. few weeks. And uh, they're ready to percolate. So um, how are you doing, Mr. Decker? I'm doing very well, thank you. I uh, cannot wait for sports to come back. Uh, spring is always the greatest time of year there, but we miss the basketball tournament. We're missing baseball, missing the Masters. So anytime we get an opportunity to talk about sports like we are today, I'm excited for it. Yes, um, it it does. There's something. I mean, the days are longer and it is a little warmer. Well, not today, but spring is always marked by the return of baseball. So without baseball, it does seem a little bit rudderless here as far as the seasons. Yeah. And uh, have you been into watching? Or listening to any old games on like FAN or on TV or cable or anything? Well, I'll tell you what uh, my son and I have been doing is we've been watching some old UConn basketball games. Uh, we just watched the the Kemba Walker run oh. through the Big East tournament in the NCAA. So that took us a good week to kind of watch that and how great Kemba was. Uh, but that's been our main focus is uh, college basketball. And, and the fact that the University of Connecticut is now back. And the Big East is exciting for us. Mm. Yeah, I find and I appreciate what uh, like uh, Yes has been doing and FAN has been doing, uh, kind of replaying the old games and um, you know interviewing players every night. But I, I just find I've, I've not been into it. I don't know. There's something about an, a 10, 12-year-old game. <laughs> I just can't – I don't know. I can't get – too excited about it so i've really not been uh watching too much of the old games or, or any of that stuff uh, I've, I've not listened to sports radio too much just right. because it's you know sometimes they'll <clears throat> they'll come up with an interesting topic but it 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 does seem like a lot of filling time and uh but you know what i bet you have been into is the that? last dance on espn uh, I can like, give ESPN a lot of grief sometimes, but I'm excited. I've been watching ESPN's Last Dance, and I bet you have too. I have. I've been. I mean, I I remember that trailer. It was like a Marvel movie. They started dropping <laughs> trailers for that about a year ago. Um, yeah. I remember being excited about it, and then when they made the announcement that they were moving it up, I just think it was it was a brilliant marketing move, but yeah. it also was really. I thought a nice gesture for uh, the audience, and I was listening to an. It, so that was it. So we're seeing trailers from so long ago. So you sort of think, yeah. all right, what is the big deal? Moving it up a few months, it's done. Apparently, it it was not done. the The director was on. Um, I think I heard him either on. I heard him online somewhere. I can't remember exactly where it was, and he said that they are still editing episodes that are coming out in a few weeks. So they were editing 
the last two episodes that are coming out this weekend, they were still working on them in post-production about a week or so ago. So yeah. I don't think it was, it may seem to the audience like it was kind of a no brainer, just move it up a few months, but it does seem like it did take some hustling by the people behind it to get it ready to be on TV uh, in May instead of uh, in June, I think it was supposed to be on. Right. I think that one of the challenges was Michael Jordan himself. He's a busy man. He gave him four hours at the beginning and then they had to come back and get some more uh, questions answered with him. Uh, and so I remembered I listened to a podcast with him and Jalen Rose. Jason Hare is the guy's name, the director. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said that, uh, you know, it wasn't until I think it was January or February of this year where you have to sit down with him a second time and ask more pointed questions of him. Um, and and so that's kind of uh, is a challenge if you're interviewing and then editing so close together. Uh, it does make some sense because you notice uh, the earlier episodes, much was made of this with Jordan sitting with his little side table of his brown liquor and his cigars. Yeah. Uh, and then the later episodes, it's a different vantage point. He's in a different room. He's got different yeah. clothes on. So yeah. yeah, it does look like, whereas the other players, I believe uh, Rodman, they got all in one shot. I think Pippen, sure. they got all in one shot. Uh, looks like um, looks like everybody else, they got in one shot. Jordan was uh, a couple of interviews. Uh, three, maybe. It looks like three different scenarios. So let's uh, start with what are our thoughts on it overall? It sounds like we both liked it, but what, uh, what are your thoughts uh, on the doc documentary as a whole? Well, I, I think it's it's tremendous. You know, I liked everything about it. Um, particularly, I'm I'm kind of interested in his early days uh, at North Carolina. You know, the one thing I noted is the only person that really stopped Michael Jordan during his career was Dean Smith, the coach of University of North Carolina, who continued to bench him and make sure that. Uh, he didn't get a lot of playing time his freshman year. A after that, um, he was a fireball, and then he left early to go to the NBA. So I love hearing all that early stuff about Michael Jordan. Um, yeah, I, um, I mean, my thoughts on it, I, I it, it is fascinating. Um, I think a documentary like this is kind of impossible to please everyone because I yeah. do feel like there's so many stories I would like a little bit more information on, but sure. that's not, you know, there's part of me that wishes this was purely a documentary about that one season. That's right. it. Right, right, right. I feel like you, you are losing out a bit on the day-to-day -day of the season and kind of month by month and what it took, um, you know, with the, 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 the old, well, how do you feel about the, the, the changing timelines? Do you like that directorial decision to, we're going to be in 98, then we're going to flip back to 92, then we're going to come back to 98, then we may come back to only 96. I mean, there's a lot of transitions back and forth. Yeah. I, I, I do like it. I do not think it, was executed perfectly because now I found myself getting confused. Um, I watched the the latest two episodes this weekend, and when they got into Jordan's gambling, yeah, 
I did get a little confused because it seemed like they were sort of making the point that he was just exhausted from basketball and was ready to leave. Yet, yeah. I forgot for a little bit that that time period, they were talking about the first three-peat, the 93 and the gambling allegations and everything going on there. So I don't think they did the best job at times of doing counterpoints. Like I wish they had talked about the gambling and all of that in the first three-peat. And then when they went back to 98, sort of revisited that. Yeah. And, and it kind of made the point that this is why he's leaving basketball. He's just exhausted from the media. Because they make the point that he is exhausted from the media. Yeah. Yet that was in 93. I mean, he played another, there's another five years as a bull. And then, you know, the, the. Right. The but remember he had that uh, retirement in the, in uh, 94, 95. Which I'm going to assume is coming up in the next two episodes. Sure. sure. Um, right. So I do kind of like the jumping back and forth. I, I think it's okay. I also, I liked how the first three episodes focused on characters. There's the Jordan episode, the yep, Pippen episode, yep. the Rodman episode, the coach episode. But then the next six, they don't do that. And I wish they would, because I, I would like to hear from John Paxton and Steve Kerr as sort of these uh, kind of side men, wingmen, shooters, both right. hit major. Paxton, they showed the shot. And That's then right. Kerr hit it. A similar shot in the next three Pete. Uh, I'd like to hear a little bit from, you know, maybe Bill Cartwright and Horace Grant. Um, I I wish they focused a little bit more. If they're gonna do a character each episode, I thought it would be a little like Will Purdue seems like he has some things to say. And <laughs> cut to him a little bit. Um, so uh, it's. I do not think it's perfect, but I do think it's it's very good. It's fascinating. The behind-the-scenes footage is, I mean, a treasure trove. I mean, I yeah. can watch that all day long. It's it's that's, that's what makes this tick, right? That's what separates this from any other documentary is that unlimited access to Jordan behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, and making this tick. So let's get into specifics then, instead of those generals, uh, Mr. Gary. What are some of the specific things? that you enjoyed here that you thought was a positive uh either in kind of memories or uh scenes uh that you liked from uh the episode uh well there's a number of them one i was going to mention i do think i i thought they got a pretty candid jordan like he's i do not think you're getting everything from him but i he's more candid than i thought he would be uh so i do think he that is good. Um, just seeing, I mean, I love 90s NBA basketball. That is like I could watch documentaries and read about that time period all day long. As opposed to today's NBA that doesn't, I don't know, I'm not, I don't follow it that much anymore. I'm not that huge a fan. But the game itself is like watching a game from a, 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 another plane of existence uh um, no, i love 90s basketball that's our wheelhouse for sure and uh the animosity all the teams had toward each other uh it was tremendous and the absolute abuse that michael took uh and some of those i'd forgotten about that or didn't think it was a big deal at the time and this idea now that steph curry 
who is who is great. Don't get me wrong, but that he could exist in, in this in this era. I think that after half a season, Steph Curry would be broken and not not play basketball with the amount of fouls that Michael and Scotty and, and a lot of them took there that that was allowed during that time period. Uh, just made that era of basketball distinct and unique. I mean, the the whole game takes place in the paint. Uh, it's just it's amazing how much the game collapses in this old 1990s basketball. And yeah, yeah the physicality of it is brutal. I mean, Jordan's he's big, but he's not. I mean, he's no LeBron. He's not huge. I mean, these guys are 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 sort of that prototypical kind of 90s NBA player you know they're they're tall they're thin-ish I mean they all go to something but they're not gigantic guys and to be getting just absolutely mauled and ham I mean they show that 93 uh conference finals against the Knicks and I mean I remember though I mean 1990s Knicks basketball is is nirvana for me but (laughs) first off it's it's jarring seeing a relevant good Knicks team. First off, it's so odd that the last time, right? They're talking about the Knicks being any sort of threat to anyone, but watching that series of the way they just brutally pound on each other. Um, the other thing I noted, and again, is interesting to me the difference when they put the little Chiron of when these guys played. You see these guys on these teams for a long time. Yeah. I feel like today's NBA is marked by the transition. I mean, guys play for a team for two, three, four years, then they're on the move. And I mean, you think back to that um, that dream team, with the exception of, I was thinking about it yesterday, Barkley and was Drexler on the dream team? Yes. So with the exception of Drexler and Barkley, all those other guys, if memory corrects, is, is serving me well, played the majority of their time on one team. Yeah, at the end, a few of them, like Malone, went somewhere else for a title. Uh, yep. Gary, But those guys were on those teams forever. Whereas yeah, the only, today... The only real uh, obsession was uh, Charles Barkley. Barkley was a sixer for a long time, then he went and they went to the Suns for a while. But I yeah, mean, you, was, yeah. You but think those of were today, all the on the Dream Team. But you think of today, you know, you got Nowitzki's on one team, Duncan's on one team. Um, that's about it. All the superstars, Westbrook, Harden, uh, Chris Paul, uh, LeBron. LeBron, LeBron, Anthony Davis, Carmelo, they all bounce around to other teams. Yeah. So that idea of playing on a team for a long time and sort of waiting. You know, the other thing that struck me too was that you know, there was the Celtics, then the Lakers, then the Pistons, then the Bulls, and the Knicks for a little bit. Like this idea of these teams staying together year after year after year yeah. after year and sort of putting in their dues. Climbing the mountain. Yeah. And the last thing, too, I noted, uh, I mean, just a mind-boggling difference between that NBA and today's is the idea that the GM told Phil Jackson, GM Jerry Krause told Phil Jackson, Michael Jordan, before the season began, that this is it for Phil Jackson. And yeah. I, I mean, could you imagine any GM telling any superstar today anything like that? Well, I mean, 
Michael and Scotty reacted to Jerry, though, there was no love lost between any of those and Jer- any of those players and Jerry Krause. They now to, to Michael's and Scotty's credit, they were professionals. They went out and played, um, but they were evil to Jerry Krause. Now, I don't know what Jerry Krause, uh, you know, if he gets away, because obviously you broke up the dynasty, but the way Michael and, and Jerry reacted to him, treating him, calling him names in the locker room, get him out of the locker room, uh, making fun of him, um, was one of the weird things to see about Michael, who up until this moment was just like unimpeachable in his character. He was. I mean, I, I've read the Jordan rules, and I mean, you do. Well, that's going to get to a point I want to get to in a little bit later. But, um, but just I was thinking about in this NBA where you have players essentially pick their coaches. They yeah. have you have them forcing their way out of contracts. I mean, Anthony Davis kind of forced his way out of a contract two years in advance, and then you go back twenty five years, and Scotty Pippen accepted a deal from the Bulls eventually and Jordan despite being Michael Jordan couldn't keep Phil Jackson as his coach couldn't overrule the GM I mean that era is unless you're unless you're like Greg Popovich right me I don't know who else I mean Belichick in the NFL I guess but I can't think of another coach GM in the NBA that has any sort of pull over their players like that anymore. No, I agree. You know, um, the last thing, Mr. Geary, as my dog chimes in, he just wants you to know he enjoyed it. I don't know if you can hear that. I can't. And, and your phone chimes in. Yeah, let me mute my mic here for a second. We're good. <laughs> All right. The last thing that I liked uh, was the 90s music, uh, which was in the documentary well used to... Uh. Uh, show all of the different R&B and rap that was popular there. And so the musical choice by director Jason Hare at this time was tremendous. Yeah, it was, he did, it was, he went with some hits. Yeah, the the soundtrack to this is perfect uh, for the time period, perfect for what he's showing. Um, yeah, I could think of a number of songs. He's got the Beastie Boys in there, uh, Naughty by Nature. Um, just just good. I thought it commented on the, the, the relationship between basketball and hip-hop without making that another part of the documentary. Because, I mean, all of that aspect is commented on a little bit with the episode with Jordan and Nikes. But that's right. a whole other avenue they could have gone down that they uh they didn't even get to so yeah i thought this was scored perfectly uh perfect music choices kind of uh takes you back to that era uh of of time so, so I we're talking about 90s basketball then mr geary so it brings up my question for you is what is age the worst uh looking at this documentary the 90s uh, basketball insider look in the locker room of Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen after the game. Uh, what is age the worst for you? I think uh, we would both agree the fashion in this <laughs> era is abysmal. You know, I'm reading this book right now about Babe Ruth, a new biography about it. It's about a year or two ago. And you look at old photos from like uh, of baseball players from the 
early days into the 40s, the 50s, the 60s. And you could wear any of those outfits today and still look sharp. Um, you know, any athletes. It, it's interesting what eras fashion holds up and what doesn't. And the 90s, I mean, starting with those those billowing, gigantic suits that look, uh, I mean, I'm sure at the time they probably were the sharpest dressed team in the <laughs> yeah. NBA. And just the amount of fabric yeah, that's yeah. in those clothes, the pants and the, the jacket. I mean, I, there's yards of material in those suits. Scotty Pippen, who is a skinny, like, six foot eight guy it looks like a balloon walking it looks like a macy's day balloon walking down the street in that thing and then oh. when they you see them walking in the stadiums with those massive gigantic coats on on top of them it's just now, yeah now listen in 20 years from now we may be saying the same thing about russell westbrook yeah uh, what was russell westbrook thinking uh i'm sure but uh yeah classic 90s fashion uh you know what i also thought did not age well is uh, Scotty Pippen talking uh, about playing the basketball game, looking forward to drinking a beer in the locker room after the game, sitting yeah. back there with a uh, with a six pack, him, Michael, and uh, Ron Harper. It is interesting, like uh, yeah, because today, oh my God, that would be a story. But it is interesting the stuff that flew. I mean, I, I read somewhere that Jordan smoked a cigar. Uh, a few years into the league before every game and you see plenty of footage of them smoking in locker rooms drink and of all beers too i mean miller yeah. light the cheapest beer. <laughs> so i mean not not the not the champion uh, beers not the miller high life but yet the gambling was a major major controversy whereas today i do think maybe that gambling story would still have legs but i i definitely think uh, I mean, I can't think of the last time I saw a photo anywhere of a current athlete drinking or smoking in a locker room off on his off day or anything like that. So, yeah, yeah, sort of the taboos. And then speaking of locker room and fashion, I just, again, uniforms do not, the, the, the uniform designs of that era Again, you could wear something, you, you could pick a uniform from any of the four major sports from the 50s, early 60s, <laughs> and it would look just as sharp today. Whereas, you know, you pick you pick a, a Celtics jersey from, uh, you know, 1955, it's going to look cool. You pick any, but you take that like 1993 Phoenix Suns jersey or that early Raptors jersey that looked like a big cartoon. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots that 90s era so for fashion was bad. Oh. I will say that the first Jordan year, uh, what was that? Like 85, I think, was his first year. 84, 85. 84, 85 season, yeah. The uniform of the Chicago Bulls in 84, 85, their home uniform was white with red block bowls across it. It was as generic a uniform as you can get. It was like my CYO uniform. It was so terrible and you have the greatest athlete in the world wearing this white uniform with red bowls across it it looks like the uniforms when i used to play in the friday night league in, in nagatuck when we would have we'd have team names yeah. but they were like the uniforms were made at like rosenblatt's or something <laughs> <laughs> they totally were stitched together but, uh, I mean, I, it was iron on 
I do think that that the classic 90s Bulls jersey, that does hold up. The Knicks jersey, I think, holds up pretty well. I think the Celtics jersey, the I mean, the classic teams hold up. Well, it's, sort it's of like a, two or three years later, then it gets a, it gets better. But that first year of him, you know, it shows how bad they were. That um that jazz team they played, uh, I think for the last title in '98. That uniform is awful. Lots of purple and white with the mountains. Right. That's another jersey that does not hold up well. So, yeah, NBA jerseys from that era uh, do not uh, do not hold hold up. So I would say that day. You know, it's interesting. The music is as good today as it was back then. But the style of basketball has changed. The 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 fashion sense has changed. So it's interesting what what holds up and what doesn't. Yeah. So uh, let's move along here. Uh, give me your favorite uh, kind of under the radar moment or character, something that uh, is not kind of Jordan focused that you've you've enjoyed so far in the uh, last dance. Well. I was going to use one Jordan, but I just, but uh, I, I just think the bagging on uh, Isaiah, I mean, is just, uh, it, you know, you mentioned how these guys feel about each other. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's manufactured. It sounds like there is still some animosity. I thought Patrick Ewing came off a little frosty. Uh, definitely Isaiah and Jordan do not seem like they, they have a good relationship. Well, the uh, anti-Isaiah from the whole league is yeah, what that I did not realize was so rampant, and I thought they did a good idea, a good job of saying because the 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 story was always Jordan did not want him on the dream team, but yeah. then you find out there was beef between him and a few other players, not just Bulls players. Um, but besides Jordan, I thought um, I don't know. It's I thought. Well, I'll tell you why you think about that, Mister yeah. Gary. I'll give you the one I like. We haven't talked to him a lot about Rodman. Uh, this, I, I, I think they did a lot. Like they pumped up Rodman a lot. I don't know how consequential he was in winning uh, their third championship, uh, but I do like this idea of Madonna saving Dennis Rodman um, during his NBA career, and he's. He's kind of lost. He doesn't know what to do. And Madonna comes to him and says, you have to be you, Dennis. Yeah. Don't be what they want. Be who you want. And then all, all of a sudden lets him be like, oh, I can breathe again. Like Madonna is the source of uh, rational thinking in this relationship was what <laughs> kind of cracked me up. Again, something that I can't, I don't I don't know how that would play today because, you know, we were just talking before about it does seem like the players run the league these days. So maybe yeah. a player like Rodman would be allowed to, to to do what he wants. I did like in his episode, I feel like so much has been written about, you know, his hair and his clothes and this and that. I like that they talk basketball and you see what Jordan and other players have said about him. I mean, when he was taught, I found it fascinating when he was talking about how he could calculate the angles of the rebounds by looking right, how right, right, right. by throwing having somebody throw the ball at the back at the hoop from all different angles and he would calculate where he needed to be 
I mean, that's that's like yeah. geometry. I mean, and, and he would spend all night after the game with the uh, assistants just working on that, working on yeah. rebound, working on rebound. So I do think. I mean, if he was just a joke, if he was like Ocho Cinco or something like that, <laughs> he wouldn't last in the league that long. I mean, I do think they did a good job of showing, like How he dedicated was. Yeah, yeah, he was. I mean, he's a Hall of Fame player. I mean, he is legit and i thought i thought his interview was more interesting than i thought it was gonna be yeah um, so i did like that that's good stuff um all right let's uh finish up this topic i know uh you know michael jordan was transcendent of the 90s so let's go into the time machine let's fast forward 25 years from now it's 2045 espn is we're in the middle of another pandemic Oh, We're all in our house and ESPN is doing another documentary. Who is it from this era do you think that ESPN is going to focus on uh, or could focus on uh, with a documentary like that? Well, the only two I thought of were well, one. Well, first thing I have to say on this, I, I just am kind of reminding myself, if you will, of how fascinating Jordan is because... Mm -hmm. As much as he was a worldwide icon, you know, aside from a few of the books like the Jordan Rules or um, the other one, uh, I think it's called Playing for Keeps. Right. Still, all these years later, he's mysterious. You don't know that much about him. Yes, yeah. Today's true. players, I mean, LeBron, I feel like you know so much about him because of social media, Kevin Durant, all these guys, I feel like you feel like you know a lot about them. So that being said, the only two I could think of, one would be Tom Brady, because I feel like he's one of the rare guys. First off, all he does is win and win and yeah. win. Yeah. And you don't know much about him, really. He's still kind of a cipher. I mean, you, you don't know. And it would be interesting to see that inner dynamic between him and Belichick and him and Kraft, uh, and especially uh, this breakup that they had, what what led to it. If, if Tom in 20 years is willing to talk about that stuff, that would be a great choice. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I, I think the problem with that would be, which would be the problem with the next topic I'm going to mention too, is you're not going to have the world, I mean, I'm not a Bulls fan, I'm a Knicks fan, but I'm fascinated by this. Whereas I don't know that Tom Brady has that universal appeal, which is why the next topic I thought would make a good documentary. But again, I don't think it's going to have, I think it's going to be more regional. It would be Derek Jeter and the core four. I mean, I could see, I could see a multi-part story about the core four and Tory and the dynasty and all of that. And Jeter's another one. You think you know him, but you you don't know much about him. I mean, notoriously private. But again, I, unless you're a Yankees fan, I can't see. Ooh, that's a home job right yeah, there. Yeah, that's, that's not even from this era. Come on now, I feel like you cheated on that answer. So I don't, I don't. So besides those two, I can't think of another. I mean, LeBron, I, I don't think would work because I feel like. You know so much about it. I mean, okay. I don't, I don't well, know what else point. with the media aspect kind of lends themselves to telling their own story in their own way. 
uh, but I do think he brings a lot of civil rights uh, aspect to it, which would be interesting 20 years from now when you're trying to tell, tell a story of 2020 America, um, that you have someone like that that is on the front lines kind of fighting for America rights. And that'll be important for telling what America is like in 2020. So that could be, yeah, maybe. I mean, I just, I think another problem with LeBron is he bounced around in the different teams. I mean, the only thing I could think of maybe if you focused on that era of him going back to Cleveland, getting that title, and then you did like the last dance, you focused on that season, but then did the time jump in the past and the present too. And then you got in the pandemic, yeah. But maybe that would work. But I can't think of the same type of athlete that has such world, worldwide appeal. I mean, I do think Brady is the – I do think he's the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah. So you can make the argument he's the Jordan of the NFL, but I don't think there's the same appeal there. Mike Trout. We're going to make a 10-part a, a series about Mike Trout 25 years from now? What, what do you think? get from that yeah he'll have one nothing yeah that's that's why that's not going to work and then hockey maybe gretzky was the only one i could think of possibly but again hockey's such a niche sport so i i Nobody don't care about hockey boomer that's the that's the thing i don't know i don't know that you could make another story like this so i think we beat this adequately to death uh, but it's excellent, and I'm going to continue to watch the next four episodes uh, as soon as they come on. And I will recommend too, if uh, to all our listeners, uh, the Ringer did, and it, they've done a million stories on this, but they did run a story a few weeks ago called the uh, the Last Dance Syllabus, I think it was, or the Last oh. Dance Reading List, and they had a whole list of of like articles, videos, books, and stuff to read to get more of the story. So uh, that's pretty interesting. I've been looking through a few of those things. Um, so if you're into the last dance like we are and you got time on your hands like we do, there there is other things to read about. And I would recommend too, to our listeners, um, the 3030 documentary, Jordan Rides the Boss. You've seen that one, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, that one is, that that is fascinating. And it's about Michael Jordan, if you haven't seen it, uh, his time in the minor leagues. Um, and that that is one of the, that's one of my favorite 30 for 30s. I think it's so good. Uh, so Jordan yeah. Rides the Bus is, is very good. Yeah, yeah, definitely, 100%. So I think that kind of is a good transition to our last segment here. A quick hitter that we thought we would do is what are some of the things that we're watching or checking out that's, making us happy during this time of pandemic. I know, Mr. Gary, you've got uh, quite a few shows that you've been watching, but the one thing I wanted to spotlight, if uh, yeah. from my perspective, in case you guys weren't able to do it, is that Fox 61 ran a show uh, that spotlighted the CIAC Scholar Athletes. Uh, I know that Emma Slavin and Nick DeLucia were Woodlands, and uh, it was nice for them to put this on TV and put some pictures up and the names up of the athletes. If you didn't see it live, you can definitely go on YouTube. The Fox 61 put it on YouTube or CIAC put it on YouTube and you can check that out. And it's good to kind of celebrate these people that would have gotten a three hour banquet and and, and plaques and, and, and all that. But uh, that made me happy to see Nick DeLucia and Emma Slavin, who worked hard for four years, 
get some recognition uh, for what they did, being both great athletes and great students. I didn't know that was on. I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, and yeah, I've had both of them in class and they are as good a students and people as they are athletes. So that's two good choices. Yeah. And speaking of good choices, Nick Delucia made the best choice probably in his life. Uh, he will be going to Fairfield University next year. Oh, that's tough. So he, uh, he, he pretty much solidified his future. That's um, a tough beat right there. As far as what I'm watching, I think um, we I am watching Peaky Blinders, but I thought we were going to do that in another episode. Yeah, I think we might hit that up as a uh, as a as a main course instead yeah, of yeah. Uh, so, so Mrs. Geary and I are watching right now a story. Uh, it's on Amazon. It's called Upload. Oh yeah, I've it, heard of it. I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's we love it. So real quickly, it's I believe it's by some of the same people that are behind Parks and Recreation and The Good Place. And yeah, the story sure. is um, the guy that plays Arrow. Who's fantastic in it? Like, cause he's Arrow on the show Arrow, and he's kind of brooding and dark. And, and in <laughs> the show, he's so different. He's actually it surprised me. He, I think he's a really good actor. So he dies in his late twenties under somewhat mysterious circumstances. The story takes place about twenty years in the future, 20, 25 years in the future, and humans have figured out how to upload human consciousness onto hard drives and then upload those into virtual reality uh afterworlds so when people die they go if they can afford it they go into a virtual reality afterworld and oh, there's, great. Show, there's an economic bent to it too oh that's right my gosh there's so it's so it's very well done because yes like everything else there's different levels of afterworlds you can go to based on what you can afford and people that can't afford it there is no afterworld so once they die they they're they're gone so what happens is he dies and his girlfriend who is far richer than he is uh bankrolls him to go to this afterworld where his consciousness goes and the story he so He's maintained by a tech worker who works for Horizon, not Verizon, but Horizon. Yes, good one. And she's like his digital concierge, and they end up falling in love with each other. So it does. Uh, so there's a little bit of a romantic story that's very organic and natural. Um, the characters are all well done, and there's a mystery because he is trying to figure out what happened to him he's trying to solve a mystery from beyond so yeah. it's uh and it asks a lot of questions about living and being alive and what the afterworld so we it, half hour episodes it's um it's it's good we like it i think we got one episode left for this what, what, uh, how can i how can i stream that it's on amazon prime amazon prime yeah that's so, awesome yeah so you know. Good stuff here. We, uh, I'm glad we got the 181 up and running again, and we're hoping to do more episodes uh, at a more timely pace here yeah. uh, throughout our time here at home. But uh, for yeah. now, this is uh, Mr. Geary. Hey, Mr. Decker. And we will talk to you guys sooner than later. Everybody stay safe, stay healthy, and we yeah. miss all of you. 
Yep. 